This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal Fans series show, which we chat to a fellow Arsenal supporter that you will recognise from the community and, of course, from plenty of other channels out there as well. I'm very happy today to be joined by Mo Hader. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Yeah, not too bad. Just uh, chilling, enjoying my day. See what happens in the Cricket World Cup semi-final. Big one tomorrow. That's how I'm spending my day. How about you? I'd love that I could sit here and talk about cricket, but I just, (laughs) it's just not my thing. I just, I would be lost. I remember used to watch the Ashes highlights when I was younger. That would be like the the peak that I could go to. But yeah, it's, uh, I hear that it's a good day to actually go to. Yeah, yeah, it's good fun. Good fun, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, to, to watch a, a day's test is just—I suppose 2020 is not as bad because it's a lot of slogging. But uh, exactly, yeah. yeah, and that's what that's what this is: England versus New Zealand at the minute. England are doing all right as well. So. Sweet stuff, man. Um, so obviously, I, as I spoke to you about, these shows are kind of a, a look back upon your Arsenal support in life and and talking through the journey that's taken you to where you are now and and why people will know obviously who you are in the community and if. Listener, you want to go back and listen to some of the others we've done. We've done some really interesting ones. The likes of Lee Judges, Kev Campbell, Charles Watts, James Benj. So please do go back and, and have a look at those. But Mo, start us off at the beginning. Why why Arsenal? God, you know, I wish, I wish I could remember. But my earliest memory is just Ian Wright, loving Ian Wright. I The thing is, I know that in 1993... Arsenal played Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup and the League Cup final. And we won them both. And I was desperate for us to win those games. So at that point, I was passionate. In 94, I was celebrating the um, win against uh, Palmer in Copenhagen. And in 95, I literally ran out to my room crying when we lost the Cup Winners' Cup final that Mm -hmm. year. So that, that just kind of like says to me that in 93, I was already passionate. And these are like my earliest memories. But I can't remember when the seed was planted. I can't mm. remember when I started getting into it, but it I think it must have been Ian Wright because I was crazy about him in 1993. Is there football in your family then? Or? No, because that's what I was going to say. Like my dad mm. wasn't born in England, right? So he came over. Yeah. He wasn't passionate about football. One of the first places he ended up when he came to the country, he had a job in Newcastle. So he kind of 
loosely would say that, oh, he supports Newcastle because mm. that was his local team as such. But it kind of meant nothing to me. You know, I wasn't in Newcastle and, you know, I just grew up and it just happened very naturally for me. And I think Ian Wright just grabbed my attention at the time because of the way he played the game, the amount of charisma, how much he seemed to enjoy playing the game. And I think that was infectious mm. for me at the time. And yeah, I just loved his whole vibe. But I just, I would love to know. It's like for me, if I had a crystal ball, that's what I'd be asking it. What was the first thing? And one thing I do remember, like, I was a very confident kid. Like, I'm still very confident. Um, so <laughs> I was a very confident kid and I wanted to go against the grain. So like, I've never touched a drop of alcohol in my life. That's, you know, mm. a religious thing. But as a kid, there was obviously a lot of peer pressure. But I took some pride in kind of saying like, no, I'm not going to do what you all want me to do. And the same thing is true of football, where everyone was a United fan. Everyone's bought Man United. And I was like, no, don't want to support them because I didn't just want to <laughs> go against factor. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't just, I wanted to go against the grain. And um, it was Arsenal. And listen, man, for all of the stress and the hassle, I'm, I'm just so glad. I love Arsenal. Um, I think I don't love them as much now as what I used to. Why? Why not? Because, because I think we, we aren't. Off the pitch, we're not the same. I don't think we possess the same level of class and values and tradition. And let's not forget that, you know, when I when I got into Arsenal, it was just about football, just about Ian Wright, just about goals. Mm. And then as you get older and you get a bit more mature yourself, you realise what your club represents. You know, like for me, if I was... Um, and, and you realise the history of your club and stuff a little bit. If I had landed on Chelsea or Millwall, I think I'd be a bit uncomfortable as I get older. Sure. knowing sort of some of, the, some of the historical elements and what the club stands for and even like political leanings that certain clubs mm. might have and that sort of thing. So um, I grew up thinking I'm really glad it was Arsenal. I'm really, really happy about that. But now I think that was under the Wenger years. I think he really ran the club with so much class. And now I think we're not quite there anymore. But look, you know, once you're in love, you're in love and that will just never change. Arsenal's just, you know, part of my life. That you, when you talk about kind of that political side, and and obviously you're a very devoted person to a lot of causes. And do you think that, say, if you'd grown up a Chelsea fan, um, and you got to a certain age or a Millwall fan, as you say there, and if you gradually learned and educated yourself about maybe some of the things that you're alluding to there, do you think that ever could have changed? Like same thing for Arsenal, if you'd have learned something that you didn't necessarily like, do you think that would have caused you to change, or do you think that attachment is is too strong to to ignore? The attachment is too strong to change. So I, I know that certain things have happened and certain things could happen that mm. just make me fall out of love with Arsenal. But then I could never then want another team to do well. Yeah. So it's it's a case of I would just say like, that's it, forget it. You know, I'm done. And I know that deep down secretly, I'd always check the score. But I, I think, you know, like some of the stuff that's gone on at Chelsea, for example, in terms of Abramovich, if I, was, if I was a Chelsea fan, at that point, I would never buy a season ticket again. I'd never put any money into the club again. I'd say, that's it. Until he, until he goes, I can't proudly be a Chelsea fan. Now, Arsenal have never dropped that low. I think the lowest we've dropped is the way we treated Meza Ozil and how cowardly we were with the whole Uyghur stuff. That really hurt me. That really, really upset me. But it wasn't enough for me to kind of completely disassociate myself with Arsenal because ultimately, we, we didn't take an active mm. position. We took a passive stance of a no position, you know, so it wasn't quite as bad. But, um, but yeah, I don't know, like, in a way, I miss uh, Tom, I really miss like the innocence of youth 
where these things don't cloud your mind. And people always say keep politics out of football and that sort of stuff. But when the club themselves don't keep politics out of football, yeah. when they themselves go and make statements, they could have just said nothing. They just said nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't. They said we distance ourselves from Ozil's comments and that sort of thing. So when they when they don't do it themselves, how the hell can I? So in a way, I miss that time where it's just a case of, you know, you just love what you see on the pitch and you go and emulate it on the playground and stuff. Simpler times, man. Yeah, the ignorance of youth, I suppose, is, is what it is. Um, obviously, as you get older and you start going to games and, you know, get into a position where you can go pretty much every single week, you stumble across this, at the time, very kind of infant uh, and what would grow into this mega kind of media platform in AFTV. And talk, talk to me about like the first time you went on that uh, and kind of you, what was the decision process behind? Did you see it previously? Was it something that you were like, oh, like, you know, I'm quite opinionated. I'd like to have my say on certain things and and jump on. Or was it just a case of it just kind of happened and you just saw it and was like, yeah, I'll say something now. How did it go? Yeah, for me, you know, I, I think there's a massive, massive distinction between people who go to a game with an intention of going on AFTV and mm kind of the original group who went and it went on it very organically with no sort of mo- other motive. Yeah, You're there because of Arsenal and Arsenal alone, and you happen to do this. And I think sometimes you've seen that people will go on AFTV and oh, I feel like almost the way it works is that, you know, if you not cause enough hype, but if, if there's something about you, people want you to yeah. come back and then you get to come on again rather than it just being mm. one fleeting appearance. So you see people act up a little bit and try and become a regular. So why did you get to go back on every time? Like, What was the difference between, because obviously you became a very much a regular AFTV. What do you think separates yourself from someone who's been on lots and that Robbie was happy to, to speak to continuously and say someone else that you're describing there that's going on, maybe, I don't know, for an example, throwing away a season ticket for attention, that type of thing. Yeah, to be, to be fair, that's one of the ones that came into my mind when I was yeah. explaining that. I don't want to go calling anyone out and start any silly beef. But the thing is, for me, I had never heard of AFTV before I went on. I didn't know who Robbie was, didn't know his face. I went on because Arsenal had just lost her... 3-1 to Aston Villa at home, I was unbelievably frustrated. And I did on AFTV what I would have done to my missus, <laughs> you know, albeit she wouldn't have wanted to hear it, but she's <laughs> tough, yeah. you're going to hear it. Or, or a friend of mine, I would have called someone on the way home and I would have said all the things then. But instead, the outlet was there. It was more accessible to me. And back then, I thought, I think, what a brilliant format it was and it was Mm. just really true to its core to its essence and I just went and spoke from the heart and I think it just resonated with people and um and it was passionate and entertaining but it wasn't cringeworthy in that oh I'm trying to boost my own profile it was one of those ones where I even said to him like is this going to go up you know generally when you do something in a camera you don't you don't assume that it's definitely going to be used and he said yeah it will so I looked out for it and then it just got obviously a lot of views and then I think people you know in hindsight instantly connected with with me and my style of talking and they kind of felt like yeah this was slightly insightful so Mm. people were very complimentary and on that basis they wanted to hear more from me and at the time I remember thinking oh should I do this regularly shall I do it just fleetingly and I thought actually well no do you know what I enjoy it. I didn't necessarily, I couldn't predict the future. I didn't realize what was going to happen, but mm. I thought it was a really good idea at the time, actually. And I enjoyed it. And I just felt like it's what I was going to do anyway. So I might as well mm. do this. And 
Yeah, that's it. But but that's the difference, Tom. It was organic. It was about Arsenal. It was about me. It wasn't about AFTV. I'd never heard of them. It was mm. simply because I just wanted to talk about Arsenal. When did you? When was the first time you realised kind of that your like your profile had kind of gained a little notoriety from it? That when was kind of the first time you noticed someone go, "Oh, I've seen you on that on that Arsenal channel," kind of style? And and how was that when that happened? Well, there was a lot of that initially because, you know, the first time I did it, and when you think, oh, is this even going to go up? You you then, mm. you've got no idea in terms of the scale of things. And I'd never heard about this channel. So why would I expect anyone else to have heard mm. about it? And then I watched it back and I was like, oh, yeah, it's had a few views. And Chris Hudson, he was the one that it really, yeah, really blew up. And mine, it was just weird to me because I was like, wow as many people went to the stadium have seen that video and, and these sort of things mm. come out. But obviously that novelty is now gone. That's um, even on my own channel, for example, I get a, a substantial amount of views. But mm. that's when start, people started coming up to me and like, oh yeah, you're that guy and that sort of thing. But at that time, I didn't realise what AFTV would become. And I didn't realise it had become this sort of like very well-known sort mm. of thing. And I, and I want to use my words politely. I don't, I don't want to have any slide no. digs, but very well-known sort of thing. Um, where this would be a regular occurrence, you know, I've, I've I've been like on holiday with my wife in different countries, and people have come mm. up to me. I didn't ever realize it'd get to that. I thought it was a very temporary thing, so it kind of caught. It just crept up on me actually after I was mm. doing things, and you always kind of think that like because growing up was in a generation before the internet, so celebrities to me mm. were people that had like a proper talent. Yeah. Like really good actors and musicians. <laughs> what, yeah. Talking about Arsenal is not a talent, is that what it's, you're saying? <laughs> it's not. It's not a talent. I know what I do. So mm. many people can do. I've got so many friends that could do what I do. Mm. It's just that they weren't there at that time in that place. So I've never really let it get to my head, unlike others, uh, I have to say. Because, um, because yeah, I just don't regard it as a talent. Tom, you and I do a podcast every, every Monday. Mm. There's no difference in what I do compared to what you do. And yeah, I, I kind of feel like there's nothing special about it. So yeah, that's it, man. I, I don't really um, take too much pride in it. I don't really view it as a massive achievement. When uh, you obviously said at the time that you joined, you didn't know what it was going to become, what AFTV and kind of the minds of a lot of people, it's, it's very divisive. And I don't think there's an Arsenal fan out there that doesn't really have an opinion on it. You're, yeah. you're either somebody who watches it, you're either someone who just categorically doesn't like it, or you're someone that just like, you go like, I'm aware of its existence, but you know, I just, I don't really kind of care. Uh, and and being in either or any of those camps can often lead to debates and discussion. And so much of it comes up on our timelines because of the way that the social media is, that it just picks up on viral clips, especially with, with how football's gone. And you were obviously still very much part of it when it started to, to get kind of a bit of an edge and the Arsenal fan base in particular kind of started to get a bit of an edge towards it. Did you... What was the experience from your side of things of, of the kind of the backlash of being associated with the channel? Well, the thing is, I um, I had often kind of soul searched a little bit when I saw things myself that I didn't mm. like on AFTV or, or things that were said, the way certain people carried themselves, anti-Semitism, racism that were on AFTV. I often soul searched and I thought to myself, you know, can I really be part of this platform where these things happen with no consequences? And I spoke to people about it and I did soul search and I thought to myself, ultimately, this, whether we like it or not, fairly or not, 
in a way represents the club that we love or that I love. What do you and mean by that? As in like, you know, it's it's kind of inseparable now, isn't it? Yeah. AFTV from Arsenal. When even, mm. I, I think it's so unfair on, on the fan base and people that like are in the supporters trust groups and that sort of thing, that when Sky Sports want some representation from Arsenal, they go to AFTV. I, I don't think when I was on AFTV or whether I'm not on AFTV, I don't mm. think that's what they should be doing because... And there's a large group of people that don't feel represented by AFTV. I think it should be just your normal, average, unknown fan, or it should be someone from AST or ASA or, or something like that. So I feel like it's inseparable when you're seeing Sky Sports go and pluck someone from AFTV to represent our, the Arsenal fan base. Um, it's Does that go for all? Channels because obviously I know that Harry from Chronicles has been on Sky, Sophie from Hybrid Squad's been on Sky. So does it? Would your opinion go for for that as well? Like for not, the not other if it's spread fairly, not if it's spread fairly, but I think AFTV get a lot of representation. Okay. So on the overlap you've seen recently, it's Thai. I love Thai, but just mm. as the point of principle, I don't think it should be AFTV all the time. So even if I'm on AFTV. You're, you're never going to say no, you know. Uh, I'm not going to try and be a saint here. In the past, when I've been asked to pass comment on something, on, I don't know, on the BBC, on the radio, or talk sport or anything like that, I'll do it. But the, when I did my soul searching, it was a case of either I let other people represent AFT, uh, Arsenal via AFTV that mm. are abusive and that sort of thing, or actually I can try and bring something different to the table and try yeah. and be a bit more fair and non-abusive. And I'd rather, at least we had that representation, I've had many people come up to me and say things that aren't nice, but they were never really about me or my style. They were about dumb things that I did, like net spend, for example. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask about that because of that that was kind of the first thing that I obviously I'd, I'd seen your interviews previously, but I remember the first time that like, you really entered my mind as someone that was kind of at the fore it, within kind of the one of the main kind of, I don't want to use the word character, but just kind of faces. One of the main faces mm -hmm. of, of my mind of AFTV was the whole net spend thing. Yeah. And and that obviously on social media, that gets picked up on and gets it just, you know, people lock onto that. And yeah. did that ever become kind of overwhelming in a sense? Like you were getting, did people say it to you in the street? Did people say it to you when they saw you? Or say like, that's the net spend guy, like some of that. Yeah, and if, that. if so, how was that? that? Like, was that a struggle? Or did was no, it, was it just like pass it off? It wasn't a struggle and it wasn't overwhelming, but that's simply just because of the way I am as a person. Like, mm. uh, you know, I, to like people that are very close to me, almost to their annoyance sometimes, I, I can just be like very super logical in the way I go about things. So even like, for example, we were talking about Arsenal Watford the other day and yeah. should we have passed the ball back or not? And, mm. you know, and I was kind of saying all the fluff around, oh, but this happened to us in this game and blah, 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 and all that sort of stuff. I was going to say, well, all of that is irrelevant, really. Let's just look at the facts. And so I, I do have that ability to just be super logical. And it was a case of when people react to me, either positively or negatively, I've never let it get to my head or I've never let it get to my heart. So never let mm. it get to my head in terms of, oh, people are saying I'm great. Well, never let it get to my heart when people are saying, oh, Mo, you look like a twat, because yeah. I did look like a <laughs> yeah. twat. And um, and I, I've always just kind of had the view that if I don't know you personally, I'm not going to take it personally. And and that's yeah. that's not to say that if I do know you personally, I will take it personally. I've got very select people. I have to value your opinion. I have mm. to know you, know your thought process, value your opinion for me to kind of say, oh, okay, I'm going to listen to you, because I'm just very headstrong. So... The thing that I've always found interesting is that before I joined 
uh, did the thing with AFTV, I was on, on Twitter and I didn't know names like John Cross, Tim Payton. So when I watched Chris Hudson's interview that day, mm. I was like, man, I thought I knew my club, but who were all of these people he's referring to? Mm. And that's simply because, Tom, I've never cared for an opinion of someone else purely because they're a journalist or purely because they're a pundit or purely because they're involved in this thing. And I always used to feel the same thing about me. Like, why do people say, care so much about what I've got to say? We're all equal. It doesn't matter who played the game. You know, there'll be people that have both played the game that will disagree with one another. It doesn't matter if you're on AFTV and you've accumulated a certain number of views. There'll be me and someone else on there with loads of millions of views and we'll disagree with each other. So when we're disagreeing with each other, it clearly shows that there can't be any hierarchy. There can't be any sort of like, you know, it, we, we can't be more knowledgeable because when we disagree with each other, that house of cards falls down. Do, do you hear yeah. what I'm saying? Mm. I do. It's, it's like the, I suppose the comparison there is going that previously people have gone on Sky, people represent, think that Arsenal are being represented by AFT, say, when they go on Sky, like you mentioned a second ago. Uh, I, I feel like people probably think that for the same thing as AFTV, that AFT's grown to a certain size. And it even had back then, it was still at a certain level. And it was certainly at the forefront of, of Arsenal's social and, and has been since, that whatever was said on there by the people on there, I think people got very much concerned that that was how the Arsenal fan base's overall opinion would be perceived as, if you know what I mean. So do you, so when you say, ever said anything like either it was against the manager or for the manager or whatever, do you think that's maybe why that there was, that it, it kind of grew this negativity towards yourself and others that went on the channel because people just thought that these people that are going on the channel think that they represent my opinion and everyone else's? I, people did kind of say that, but... I, I don't think I've ever claimed... I don't think I've carried myself in a way that I've spoken... Do you think you I'm... needed to, though? Because that's the thing about the level of the channel. Is that yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. the way that you're saying it or the way that you're going, like, look, it's my opinion, but because of the amount of views that, say, an interview that you go on and do gets, that is going to be what people go, well, look at all these people that are now going to be, say, taking that in from what you yeah. said, and they're going to think that the, the result from that is going to be your opinion basically breeding by itself to, to yeah. a, uh, an exponential level. It's an interesting one, Tom. I, I didn't get a lot of hate for my opinions because mm. I think I put my opinions across generally in a balanced way, in a fair way. Like sure. Ar Arsene Wenger and him kind of being hounded out of the club was probably what made AFTV stratospheric, yeah? That that was huge. And I think the, the most damning thing that I ever said about Arsene Wenger was that, mm. you know, yes, maybe the time has come, but you have to look at who's out there. If Pep Guardiola could be Arsenal manager, yes, I would drive Arsene Wenger to the airport myself. And even <laughs> yeah. in that, I said that I would never sack him publicly. I would always do it privately. And if he wants to expose the truth publicly, that's up to him. But I would always give him that respect. I think that's quite a balanced, you know, way of putting it. But, and that's why I don't think I got too much abuse for my opinions. But yes, I got abuse by association yeah. for being part of AFTV. And I did get a lot of stick for the net spend thing. And on the net spend thing, I, like, I have to say, I obviously came across like a plonker. And I learned my lesson <laughs> very, yeah, very sure. quickly mm. that... It doesn't matter whether you're right or whether you're wrong. Um, and whether I was like, that's irrelevant in this situation. I looked like a Muppet and I realised that 
arguing outside football grounds mm. about random things is not a good look and just don't do it. And that's mm. why I didn't get caught up in that afterwards. What do you think the line is for you? Like when you look, well, you said a second ago about how um, Arsenal got hounded out the club by people on the channel and that it very much came across because the amount of views that the channel was getting with those opinions associated with it. But you yourself have criticised Arsene Wenger on the channel. Where, where's the line? When does it become, where does it cross the line from criticism into, as you describe, hounding him out of the club? Yeah, foul language, aggression, that sort of yeah. thing. So get the F out of my club. That's not fair. That should not make the final cut. That should mm. be taken out. And 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 this is the thing. Like I, I just think myself, if I ran AFTV, it never would have been as successful as it is because as soon as someone said that, I'd be saying to them, all right, that's strike one. I, I don't want to have to edit this stuff out. That's not what is acceptable. So yeah. that's strike one. You know, when you get to strike three, you're not coming on the channel again. And that would not have created those viral clips. You uh, about Stan Kroenke, you effing American, get the F out of my club. Go mm. back to effing America. It's th things like that. That's not acceptable. The anti-Semitism, mm. that's not acceptable. So there's certain things that I would have been kind of saying like, no, that's not on. And it's quite easy. It's quite simple. You and I do a podcast every week. We don't fall into these traps because we just keep, keep things not aggressive, not like venomous or toxic and not abusive. Mm. That's it. When it came to leaving, um, and obviously I, you don't have to go into a million miles of detail because you've obviously done your, the video on your own side of things, which fully goes into the, the context and the, and the reasons behind leaving the channel. Um, how was the reaction to that for you? Like how, because for someone that's been with the channel, you've gone from one side very quickly to the other. And there, when you, it's, Tom, when you say that, when you say hmm. that, what do you mean from one side to the other? I mean, from the perception of those that are watching, you go from one side as you're, you're guilty by association, if you like, and you've got people giving you criticism for being part of it. And then you leave so that then the people that are very much fans of the channel and that back the channel now see you as kind of, you're not associated with it. In fact, you've broken away from it quite publicly. Yeah. So you've now crossed you've gone from one side to the other and now you've got not just one set of people that say have a negative viewpoint of you you've got two because you've got the mm -hmm. people that always hated AFTV that are still going to hate you anyway because you were on it and you've now got the people that love AFTV and now don't like you because of the public way in which you left so how did you find that process well look, let, let me make one thing clear right I do not hate AFTV and and mm. uh, oh, oh I didn't I'm say that on it yeah. I really, really hope they can rediscover their essence because, as I said, I thought it was a great concept. He well with, with this idea, and I thought it was a really good idea. I'm not against AFTV existing. Like, some people mm. are absolute fanboys of AFTV. They will be hanging around in the cold just to be in the crowd when they could go home and watch it after. You know, it's, it's, sure. they all know it's being uploaded on YouTube. I take that group of people and I say, I find that quite strange. And then you get people that are literally willing to be physically violent and they spend a lot of time and effort going on at AFTV online and they just, they hate it. It really upsets them. And I think, yeah. I find that quite strange. Both those groups of people, I can't really relate to. Everyone yeah. else in between, yeah, I, I get it. Slight dislike, slight, you might slightly like it. You kind of see the nuances, all of that sort of stuff. But you know, the thing is, the reaction to me leaving has been insanely positive I, mm. I i you know your earlier on you asked me about the net spend thing whether that was overwhelming that wasn't 
um, because I kind of maybe I'm a bit cynical. I expect people to not, like, you don't expect people to just be really, really nice to you. Generally mm. on social media and stuff, when people get in touch is because they're not being nice. That's just kind of the, the general thing, you know. <laughs> people will like drop a like or drop her heart on Twitter, mm. but they don't go out of their way to type to you unless you've annoyed them or something. But I had random people messaging me, emailing me, tweeting me on Instagram, telling me how proud they are of me. And I was like, wow, this is the sort of stuff I'd expect my parents to say, not random people. So it was overwhelmingly positive. And that's why almost, that's really why I decided to do my own YouTube thing because I wasn't going to, but I just kind of felt like I should do something to sort of not give back, but to recognize how much, how much love and support there's been for me, you know, with all of that. And it's interesting because the way you viewed it is that I might be hated by people who mm. didn't like AFTV and now hated by the other side as well. Mm. But actually, I, I know there's obviously going to still be some people that hate me, but mm. I just don't feel like I've got any haters now, Tom. I really don't. I feel like really? a lot of people have got a lot of respect for what I did. And mm. in a way, maybe by not now being associated with AFTV, people are sort of like, oh, yeah, he's all right now. So <laughs> I don't have any <laughs> haters anymore in a way. It's um, it's a weird one. Not, not that I care to be honest with you because as I, no. as I say I've never really taken it personally no of course not but it's obviously when like, I'd find it very difficult for anyone who's completely numb to, to seeing anything horribly written about them on anywhere like I, I, it's it, obviously I think people put on not necessarily put on a brave face but to, that can ignore it that can just separate it can just go you know it's not I'm not going to pay any attention but I would say that if it's of a level of a frequency that it's it is hard to ignore and i think that you know it would be difficult not to to take any of it in but tom i'm you know, yeah go on, go on you know there was a once i think it was barcelona away european mm. away game i don't know who these arsenal fans were but they actually made a banner about me i don't know if you've ever seen this mm. yeah and the was banner thanks for the memories but mo it's time to say goodbye is no, that no, it's five words <laughs> banner I wish it was that, but no, it was simply Mo Hader is a see you next Tuesday. Right. Yeah. Mo Hader is a, you know. Yeah. And I, when I saw that, because you're saying that you find it hard to believe that it won't get to people. When I saw that, I was like, my initial reaction was like, I was stunned. I was like, wow, is this real? And like, Have people actually done that? But mm. then when you, when you act with integrity and because I know I've never gone on there and even used a bad word. I've never even used like a swear word on AFTV. Mm. So when you go on there and you act with like a bit of honor and a bit of integrity, I didn't think to myself like, oh, what have I done mm. to, to get that sort of reaction? I, I just simply thought like, wow, like the, what's wrong with these people? Like what is going on in their minds? What's led them to do this? So it really didn't get to me. And I, this is the th this is the point that I'll make with people and the advice I'd give to people if you're going to go and do something publicly. If you know that you're not acting in a way that is acceptable, if you know that you're being toxic and rude and abusive, it will get the better of you in the long run. It will affect mm. your mental health. It will affect your inner peace. Because when things like that happen, when that sort of abuse happens, it's impossible then to not consider why you're getting that. But when I have not even sworn on AFTV yeah. and I'm getting that, I simply know within my heart of hearts, it's more about those people than it is about me. It's about their failings and it is about their 
poor sensitivity. Yeah, I don't know, is it a poor upbringing or, or whatever the hell it is? But it can't mm. be about me. What have I done wrong? What have I yeah. done that's immoral or unacceptable? So it really didn't get to me uh, in that sense, but it would have got to me if I knew I was doing something wrong. So I've always just stayed true to myself, and that's why I'm fine. You started your own channel. Um, obviously, the first videos were about explaining why you left AFTV. Uh, did you ever kind of plan to continue that on you obviously you have to create a platform if you want to put out a video so that's part and parcel of it but you obviously have done you you do fan cams which obviously have their own association to the, to the concept that AFTV started yeah. in itself and there's loads of channels out there that, that do fan cams and stuff like that um do you think that if that you hadn't have got the kind of the respect or the love that came from doing that explainer video that you would have carried it on? Or did you ever plan to kind of carry it on? And, and why did you in the end? I, I said to my wife after the whole AFTV thing happened that, of course, I need to respond. Mm. I want to put my truth out there because ultimately what was important to me is that it wasn't about me. It wasn't even about like, oh, I'm such a victim. What I wanted to explain was that at the very, very small insignificant level that I was operating at in the public domain, yeah. uh, unofficial fan channel of one football club. If I was suppressed because of my support for Palestine, I just wanted people to realize how deep rooted that suppression is in society so that they could then contemplate what other people at a higher level must go through when they try and show some solidarity. That was my aim with that video. Now, at that point, when I said I have to share my truth, and that was my objective, I was happy to do that on anyone's channel. It really wasn't a case of I need to go and set up my own YouTube channel to do that. The reason why I set up my own YouTube channel was because people, you know, I've got scores of emails, scores of messages in person when people saw me, that sort of thing. The love was ridiculous, Tom. I cannot explain to you mm. how ridiculous how generous people were with their comments, with their solidarity. People said to me, we will support you. Do your own thing. We want you. We want you to retain a voice. We want to hear what you've got to say about Arsenal. We want you to carry on doing it. And mm. it sounds like quite maybe conceited me right, repeating all of this, but I, I just want to make the point that it, I said to my wife at one point, I'm, I'm happy to slip back and do what I was doing before AFTV, just go to games, just be a normal fan, you know, not mm. having a voice. But it was only, and it took so much convincing. You know, the first people that said to me, oh, you should do it, you should do it, you should do it. I was like, man, I can't be bothered. I started doing it many, many years ago. And I just canned it because I was like, no, I'd rather spend that evening with my wife. I'd rather, you know, I've got an eight-month-old son. I'd rather just mm. chill out with him and stuff. So I've done it now as a response to, to almost like not ignore all of that love and support that I got. It's a case of like, okay, fine, I'm going to respond to that. I'm going to, you know, there's one point, there's, in one sense, I can just say thank you, but actually, mm. no, this is my thank you, that I'm going to do this and I'm going to retain a voice for good, for what I believe in, because mm. maybe there's not enough people out there who are doing it. And all the people that watch my fan cams, so many people have said to me, I don't watch AFTV anymore. And then I thought to myself, well, it's not fair for them. That was part of their match day routine. And now in solidarity, they're saying to me, I don't watch AFTV. The least I can do is say, all right, fine. You can still watch what I've got to say that you would have watched, you know? Mm. So at least, you know, you've got that. When, when there are people showing you that much support, I thought I have to reciprocate in some way. So that was my motivations behind it. When someone says to you, I don't watch AFTV anymore, does that 
I'm trying to angle the question in the right way. When obviously you've left in the circumstance you have, how does that make you feel when someone says that they don't want you anymore? I, I, it's not, it doesn't make me feel any way about me, but I just respect mm. those people because I'm, I'm a huge advocate, advocate of boycott, divestment and sanctions. And um, this is just a form of that really. So, you know, I'm looking at Nike these days, for example, and I'm thinking, am I really comfortable buying Nike products given that, that I think there's an NBA player who wore some trainers recently that spoke about Nike using Uyghur camps. Mm. And so I need to do my research. And there's loads of companies I don't buy from. There's loads of organizations I don't go to. I spent 45p more on shower gel the other day <laughs> because, you know, I don't want to buy Unilever. For, sure. you know, I won't get into all the reasons. That's not what we're here for. And I don't uh, use Airbnb. I end up spending more on my hotel. I do this day to day. All mm. the time. So when people say it to me, I just think to myself, respect to you. You are a conscientious c consumer who is um, putting your money, you're putting your beliefs in front of your money. And I really, really respect that. So when I do hear that, I don't, there's no personal internal reaction. It's a case of I just respect the person that says that. Fair enough. I mean, just kind of to finish off today's show, what is it? What's the end goal now for you and in, in, in the channel? You're just going to, is it a case of like you want to make it kind of a, a full-time thing? Is it something you'd want to maybe do as like, you know, that's, that's something that you could sustain yourself off of and you obviously with the, you've grown subscribers very, very quickly or is it still just very much a hobby, something that you'd like doing because you like talking about Arsenal and that's that's what's on the side? Look, I'm an accountant by profession, Tom. And I don't <laughs> think anyone gets into accountancy for the love of accountancy. You know? I think that's very, yeah. very rare. So, sure. you know, like, um, I'm very grateful to God that I've got, uh, you know, a good, healthy career and stuff. But if I could do this, what we're doing right now, mm. and basically support my family and take care of my family in, a, in the same way, I'd mm. much rather do this. You know, I'd yeah. rather talk about Arsenal than flipping financial planning and analysis, you know, every mm. single day. Um, so if I ever get to that stage, that would be that would be a great, that would be a dream. But as right now, I, I can't imagine it getting there. And yeah. I will just um, do this as a hobby. And also what's important to me is that I retain that voice to speak about things that are important to me. So I reached out to Shelter today, the uh, mm. charitable organization mm -hmm. around homelessness and it's very unlikely that they'll get back to me but i said to them look i'd love to talk to you guys about what you're trying to achieve and whether even if the premier league don't support you whether fans can do something to support you if there's a mm. fan-led movement maybe we can wear our away shirts and it can still be a big thing so i do that in the background where i did a video about afghanistan recently when that was very much in the news and i got a a, a, a guy who traveled from afghanistan to the uk on a boat, you know, mm. when he was like 14 years old, incredible story. So where there's good things that make a difference to speak about, I, I want that ability to do that. So it's not just about Arsenal. I know that doesn't help anyone or change the world. That's just kind of what we're into. But yeah. if I could do an interview with, with Shelter to try and expand upon their aims and objectives and kind of amplify what they're trying to do, that's mm. the sort of thing that really motivates me. And then the hobby part is, yeah, you know, I enjoy speaking about Arsenal, so we'll do that in the meantime. Fair play. I respect you for saying it. I think it's uh, 
it's always going to be when it's YouTube and the kind of the stuff that goes with it to, to outright be like, no, it's, I don't care about any of that stuff. It would be very hard not to. And the fact that obviously it can be angled in a, in a positive way. And if you can talk about Arsenal and that can be your life, what more can you want really? Well, yeah. when they, other than when they're losing, of course. Yeah, that makes yeah. it but you're living the dream, Tom, I have to say, man, it must, um, you must love it. Oh, mate, I wouldn't have quit teaching if I didn't think I could do this. Like, that's that's always been how it is. Um, like, if, and I, I say this to anyone, and I, I've had, to be fair, I have friends of mine now that do call me up that are just, they're not happy in their jobs and stuff. And I'm like, mm. quit. Quit yeah. and go do what you want to do because, like, you can. You can do it. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to quit accountancy and everything that goes with it, mate, and go full-time, do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough, man. It's really, really tough. You know, I, I spent it, yeah. a long time getting qualified. And mm. when you've got a son as well, I just kind yeah. of feel like I just want the best for him. So it makes it easier in a way. I, I don't dislike it, my career. It's just mm. sort of like, yeah, it's fine. It's good. It's a sensible choice. But yeah. um, when it's for him, it makes it a lot easier. So, yeah. Yeah, I, listen, I would absolutely love it if one day I'm doing this full time. But until then, I can't complain. I'm very happy. Mohada, thank you very much for coming on the show, mate. Really appreciate your time. Really good chat, Tom. Tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to, of course. So that, I always point the wrong way because it's mirrored. Type that into <laughs> YouTube and you'll there get you my go. channel and subscribe yeah. to the channel. I'm really annoyingly close to 30k right now 29.3 i think it was at the last count and it's just not going up so or not quickly enough anyway so uh do me a favor. <laughs> put me on that 30k and yeah twitter instagram at arsenal mo8 and and that's it yeah. yeah and um you're just gonna get fan cams from me every single match day which is which is going really really well actually i'm really enjoying that and mm. all those people that said they're gonna support me they're gonna carry on watching you really have to stay true to your word and i really really appreciate that uh because you know, it, it really does make it worthwhile. So, yeah, that's it. Brilliant stuff. Link to Mo's channel will, of course, also be in the description. So you don't have to, uh, oh, wait, is it, it is that way. Yeah, you don't have to just type yeah. that in. You can just click the link in the description as well and it'll take you to Mo's channel. So do go and subscribe. If you've enjoyed today's show, uh, of course, please make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the Guna Talk. We've done a few of these already, as I said at the start, with the likes of Lee Judges and Kev Campbell, Charles Watson, James Benj, and we've got more coming up as well. Uh, I hope you are enjoying them. And if you are so, please do leave a comment and let us know who you think we should speak to next. Uh, but other than that, do keep watching, keep it real, keep it Arsenal, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.